Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very exciting episode of Authors at a Glance, Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget, and today I have Lillian Lark with me. Hi, Lillian. Oh. <laughs> I'm super excited to have you on the show because um, you may not know this about me and Shawnee, but we love monster romances. It's our like new favorite thing. Shawnee definitely has like a primal kink and we absolutely love like the chasing, the getting caught, just like all the fun appendages, all the fun, you know, kinks and nodding and just like all the goodness. It's just like all the goodness that can happen happens in Monster Romance. So we're excited to have you. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, obviously, I super love Monster Romance since I uh, write so much of it and read so much of it. It is definitely one of those genres that's like, oh, you have all these good things uh, and you're just gonna pile on some more. We'll just add that they have a fancy um, assets to go with on the penis. (laughs) I don't know how. uh, Oh, we're explicit. Feel free to say whatever it is. We can't get through a romance novel podcast and not swear. I feel like (laughs) it would be impossible. Like, how would you describe like a DP scene if you can't swear or how would you just, I mean, what am I going to say? His, 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 you know, no, it's his penis, whatever he wants. I a hundred percent agree. It's always fun, especially, um, I, we're going to talk more about your book in a second, but I did appreciate that you blended kind of the heart with the monsters, you know? So it wasn't just mm-hmm. sort of one note. You had some dimensions and also another favorite of ours. You just hitting all of our buttons. It's like you wrote this book for us. Is that it's M M M F. Yes, that's enough M's, which is always really exciting. I want to talk more to you, but let's get it popping, everyone. Welcome to this author interview. Romance at a glance. Uh huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Okay, so the first thing I want to say is I was really surprised when I was reading about you that you only started publishing in 2020. So talk to me about like, were you already writing for years prior to that? And you just started to publish? Like, how did that happen? It's always like, oh, so where do I start the story? Because like, it's like, oh, you have one thing that leads into another that leads into another. We'll say that. So I illustrated my cover for Deceived by the Gargoyles. Like originally, I went to school for illustration and then like started working as a graphic designer and then did this where I was burned out and I didn't know I was burned out, but like I was just so burned out and like, oh, I, I, of course, like this profession, not seeing as good of pay raises. I, of course, need to go back to school. Mm. It was classic (laughs) error. Like hindsight. I was just incredibly burned out and could have pivoted, but beside the point. Uh, And so I went back to the community college, love community colleges so much, uh, and did like a pre-med thing and then was like, oh, bodily fluids, not in a fun way. No. Not in a fun way. (laughs) Not in a fun way. And somehow convinced myself to do engineering. Okay. So... I, I really like chemistry. It's super interesting. I did an engineering degree and it was it was very stressful. And I in order to like deal with that, I just deep dived into my escapism, which has always been reading romance and like binge reading, where it's like, oh, I have this many deadlines when and just gone for hours at a time with a book instead because 
coping mechanisms. Yes. I mean, it sounds like you're just parroting my own thing back to me, but keep going. <laughs> keep going. Sounds familiar. I feel like this is not a unique story. <laughs> uh, it's a good one, though. Uh, so, so did you finish your I, engineering degree or how far I, I did. did you get did into finish. it? Good for you. So I was, okay. I, I did finish as much as I've used it. I really haven't uh, because I was doing like I had one more semester left and I had an incredible opportunity, which was an uh, internship at NASA. Awesome. So I, I moved cross country. Uh, to do this internship at NASA. It was super cool. It was super, super cool. I went a little bit far, like more into the escapism asset because like I was, I wasn't living with my husband. He was here in the mm. state we live in currently. And so mm-hmm. because it was just for a semester, uh, I went and moved in with a roommate who was super sure. great. Uh, but my friends and my husband and my family were all on different time zones. Mm. So I was just like, okay, well, like I always loved reading and I got a little sick of reading and they're like, okay, I've always wanted to write, which is really funny because all of my, uh, education that I've had, I really haven't taken creative writing at all. So that was like, I wrote, I wrote the hard way where, I didn't like, I don't necessarily like, I didn't know what tenses were or stuff like that, where I just wrote, didn't know how to like any of the specifics of like punctuating dialogue tags or anything like that. Uh, so I wrote my first book and I, I finished like 75% of it while I was uh, in Virginia. And then I came back home and did the rest of it because uh, I got, got sent back home to the little thing. Uh, COVID happened oh, mm-hmm. and so they closed all the NASA centers and people were moving to remote instead and so I was able to finish my internship uh, at, like in the comfort of my own home working on Eastern Standard Time in Mountain, uh, Mountain Standard Time nice. and at the same time finished the book I was like cool now what I had made friends with like a writing group and I've all of those books I binge read or that I binge read all the time, they're all indie romance. So they're all self-published. I, so I didn't even consider going traditional at all. I was like, okay, like this, this is the thing I want to do. I hear people can make money at this as well. Cause uh, I, I'm not just pouring out writing like, I, I would like to not necessarily work in engineering. I had figured this out uh, okay. by this time that I knew that, oh, I like learning about this stuff. Maybe working in it is not the same thing. Not a long-term plan. Not a long-term thing. And I was like, okay, so like I can try this until I graduate. And like, if I can get the wheels moving, mm-hmm. like th- this could be a thing. Because I, I know all these authors that I super love that I've followed for years. Uh, who make this a living, who support their families with it. And so I was like, we can try that. Uh, because I, I've already pivoted so many times anyway, might as well. Sure. Oh, hey, dude, I'm a creative. I'm a podcaster. I know all about pivoting. I've been a writer, consultant. I made videos. I worked at 
you know, the Oprah Winfrey Network. I've, I've done, I'm with you, man. It's all about the pivot. You just got to keep niching down until all of a sudden you're like, wait, I'm happy where I'm at. This is great. It just takes a while to get there. Yeah, it is very much like a finding your way through just like, oh, this direction? No, this direction. This direction. Yep. Yeah, that yep. direction. Mm-hmm, 100%. So, so, I mean, I think that, first of all, I think that's awesome that you like, turned what could have been like a, oh I'm alone in another state my support system isn't there my husband's not there I'm just gonna like sit in my room and watch tv and I feel like you turned that into like a positive so kudos to you because sometimes when you're alone and you're like sad it's like well I'm just gonna sit here I guess so I think that's awesome that you actually did it um and also like so when this, when you were thinking of stories, like were you always kind of thinking in the monster romance sort of area or, or paranormal, just because that's what you like to read? I no, actually, I started. I wrote a sci- like a a darkish sci fi romance was my first book, and it's interesting because I read all the subgenres of romance, and I really like like stories that are like a little gritty but like a lot of heart, and so those were the stories I initially wrote and like so I did sci-fi it's set in a contemporary and then a contemporary romance and then I was like well these are a little this is a little dark uh, you know I'm just gonna do like a fluffy paranormal romance because I love those and I do like I, I go back from like oh like a little dark to like uh reading all of the great paranormal romances uh that are also a little dark but it's a different type it's different. It's so different it when they're different. not real people. It's so different. Yes. Well, you don't have a contemporary expectations. No, you do not. I love, like, my favorite genres are definitely, like, paranormal, alien. Like, anything that gets me out of, like, I don't, you build me the world and I'll believe whatever you tell me. And I can completely remove, like, my own personal expectations, society's expectations. Because I'm like, well, he's a werewolf. It's perfectly reasonable to kidnap someone and bite them on the first date. Like, oh, wait, is the date? No, he kidnapped her. Okay, fine. Well, whatever. But he's a werewolf and it's his soulmate. And that's just how that is. So that seems fine. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm into it. Like it's, it's a different rule set. And like you can just put so much more like, well, you can do a lot of heart in other genres but it feels like easier that you can just get really fluffy and you can put like all these feelings because you can make people communicate really well yeah you don't have to have like the the edges of like realism on there Mm -hmm. so I I wrote my MMS three of hearts and that was my first paranormal romance and I was like oh this is fun it was also my first uh multiple partner because that's uh menage Mm-hmm. where the the guys are together as well and I was like wow this is it's a lot of emotions like, yeah oh you got three different people and they are all thinking things at the same time but it was a super fun way to because I, I was feeling just a little like oh I just wrote something dark let's get into something sweet yeah and it was just fun I liked it Awesome. Well, we liked it too. I mean, it's, it's, I agree with you. I think that's actually how I, we tend to mood read on the podcast. We'll be like, well, we did dark romance last season. So let's do aliens this season. Cause dark romance was too dark. We need to fluff it up for a while. <laughs> okay. We did aliens. Let's do historical. Let's do a little pop circumstance in our lives. Like uh, we tend to, to mood read around. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about the fun of writing, you know, sort of monsters and paranormals, which is the appendages 
the peens, mm-hmm. the horns, mm-hmm. the fun, like what of all the books you've written of what's like your most fun thing that you put in? Oh, oh, so, like it's always relative. So like, because the nodding was great. I hadn't really read Omegaverse uh-huh. and like until a little later. And I went back to Three of Hearts and I was like, I had a wolf sister and I did not make him not like, oh, this is a lost <laughs> opportunity. And so then when I was uh, working on like Deceived by the Gargoyles, I was like, oh, no, no. Like, I don't care about the rules. I, my gargoyles are gargoyles and they're going to have yeah. a knot. That, that's the rule. I mean, what, what has someone met a gargoyle that they can refute you? Come on. No, it's your gargoyles. They do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, they're going to. They're gonna purr. They're gonna have a knot, and mm. it's gonna have just like a just like a little bit to drop of a megaverse because I just love it so much. Yeah, yeah, I like the. It's really tricky to do like established couples, then adding another member, and like, what was that like? How was that like fitting that new vibe into like what you like and creating the feeling that these other people had already been together for a long time. I, I think it may actually be my preference. We will see after I'm done writing the book that I just started, which is an MMF where technically the guys were together, but they're like not together because the two other books might, or the two books that I've written so far that had multiple partners in them did have where the guys were originally in the relationship together. So for some reason, I've always gone back to like, oh, like, like the girl's just going to come in and they already have their established dynamic and everything is going to get messed up and everyone needs to figure out like their new normal. Like there's something about that, how the way people are with each other changes over time and like with new people, like mm-hmm. how those relationships grow and yeah like I said somehow uh that was what I was drawn to and now I'm going back to oh like I need to make these these three people love each other and like say they love each other and it's it's an entirely different kind of approach and we'll see how well I do (laughs) I I like I think it's kind of an interesting um quandary of like okay I can make two people fall in love but I have to make them fall in love for like a separate but equal reason and the other Mm -hmm. two people have to grow in their love in a separate but equal equal relationship so I have a question we just chatted with an author and she was telling us that her advice to authors is always to like niche down as far as you can because that helps your readers kind of understand what they're getting from you and helps you promote your books because you're always promoting the same sort of niche now that you're like finding success and like getting you know more well known in that sort of monster erotica space like do you think that that's something that you're gonna sort of stay in that niche or do you think you'll go back and forth at some point in the future like that advice is it's gold like it's super valuable advice it's advice I've heard before and advice that I have disregarded before and advice that I now (laughs) see like that it's it's extremely good advice I just don't know if it's going to be advice that I can follow because I've Mm. tried it before where I'm like okay so this is my genre this is where I'm sticking (laughs) like this is where these 
Like I'm gonna I'm gonna invite all in this world and I'm yeah. gonna stay. Like there's enough variance here where I can I can just write these stories and maybe I'll do a different pen name in the future. And it just never it never uh works out. And it's like the future is the future. We'll see what happens. I know that I'm going to be writing more than the monster romance I have in mind. Like even mm-hmm. my uh my paranormal romance is all in the same world. And so my harpy series don't have monsters in them. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have the fun peen and the bathhouse uh does, but they're mm-hmm. in the same world and it makes it simpler because you only have one magic system that you need to think of. Yeah, no, that's so smart because <laughs> First of all, anyone who breaks their own world building, that's my pet peeve. Of all pet peeves of any, that is it. Like, if you tell me something, I will believe it. But if you break your own rules, I think that's so smart. Because now you only have to remember one thing when you're writing. So smart. But yeah, like, so the advice to stay in, like, or where some authors will only write reverse harem. uh, Because readers who read it, like, super like to be Mm -hmm. able to go to that author and be like, oh. You're giving me another reverse harm. That is exactly what I wanted. It's great advice. <laughs> I follow it. I really do. Uh, but it's just, it's not something. I'm just going to be surprising people every time. And maybe in the future, I'll parse things out into different pen names. I just haven't been able, able to put out enough books to make it like yeah. make sense to have different them under p- different pen names. And then what will I do with my TikToks? true i i mean i i so we obviously have like everyone have read lots of Mm -hmm. authors who have multiple pen names but i sometimes i feel like in today's more like modern indie publishing sense i almost feel like i'm like is it necessary anymore though because like i feel like it used to be like you go to the bookstore and so if you saw that name on the shelf but now it's like we're all scrolling for the most part digitally anyways even if you end up physically owning the book you're a lot of times purchasing it on barnesandnoble.com or something like that before you own it and I almost wonder if it's like if it makes sense I don't know because I feel like as a reader I'm more likely to understand like I'll be like oh I like your level of spice like that for me might be like a make or break it's like if you wrote that and then you wrote like a closed door I'd be like no, you promised me that there'd be a lot of P and V action or something. <laughs> and now you're giving me some like schmaltzy clothes. Like that might be a reason I would do a different pen name. But I feel like now I'm like, you, you, like you said, you don't want to lose that TikTok. Well, you don't lose that like momentum that you gain. The more you read, the more that you know people read you. Like I will say that the readers now, like a lot of them like to follow you around if they're reading you because... They're like, oh, I know you from uh, social media. Uh, I want to just support you that way. And where it does fall apart a little bit is when you go into paid advertising. Mm. And then when you're catching someone because they're like, ooh, that looks like a really good reverse harem book. And then you're losing them because the rest of your backlist is not. Mm. Like that. That's where it does make a lot of sense to have different pen names. And of course, like, it's always like it's a pro con list and I flip back and forth all the time. But uh, for my monsters, it's like, oh, no, I like having uh, where I'll do an MMF, an MF, an MM, and then like a uh, reverse harem. Like just throw, throw them all in there. And yeah. for the most, like my readers have followed me through 
and they seem to really like that. And so I'm just going to go for that right now. So how did you, since you started publishing so recently, I'm going to ask you, how did you find your like editor who helped you polish it? You said you drew the cover for your own book. So you took care of the cover art, but how did you kind of like go from like, okay, I have the story. This author Mm -hmm. group is here to kind of walk me through it a little bit. So the first one, it was lucky that it was a small book, short book, like 43 K. Uh, I went on to author, like, author Facebook groups, like the Alice Bondra's Tories Inkers group. Like, there are many author Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And you can search them and be like, oh, editors. And people will ask for editors and people will post what editors they liked. I picked a few, like, looked at their prices, asked them, like, oh, hey, uh, I'm a brand new author. What kind of pricing for this kind of book with these kind of content warnings? Uh, mm-hmm. And you, usually they get back to you. Sure. And then you can go through uh, the whole process before doing an editor. That, oh, uh, for editors, they'll take like a certain amount of words and then like go with a red pen uh, so that you know that your style, like what they know what they're getting into and you know what you're getting into. Right. And I did that with one editor and she's like, so your tenses are all over the place. Like, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I think I need to Google that. (laughs) And then she'd be like, and and it was just like like eliminating B verbs and like very, very helpful stuff with that first Uh 1,000 or 2,000 words that she had done for me. And I was like, thank you so much. And then I made an appointment with her uh, because the thing about editors is they're mostly booked out for a while. Mm -hmm. Or that, that was how it was. Uh, for me and then I went back I learned rules about grammar and (laughs) I rewrote the book (laughs) with like eliminating be verbs like taking sentence structures and like learning that process so I went through and it took a long time to like be like, okay, so can this sentence change? Should this sentence change? And just going through like the very brass tacks of it. But it was, it felt so fun to do, to be like, oh, I can make this sentence more concise. And it's like, I am actively changing things in my writing that's going to make it better. And it makes it better all around. And so it wasn't like this terrible almost, oh my God, I need to like rewrite this whole thing. Uh, this is trash and I need to just change everything. What do I even know about doing this? It was this whole process of, I am learning. I am learning on a short book, luckily, because it was like only 45K long. It was, yeah. It's nice, nice and short. And it was like every single thing you do makes it, can only make it better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I sent it to beta readers, which I paid I did I I had some writing friends who took it and then I sent it to like one paid beta reader which is like a lovely service to be able to do because you can say what time that you want it back and they do like a whole survey and it was very helpful for like a new author to do uh to have a beta reader be like hey you're beginning I didn't care about anything that happens 
but like at this point of the story, I really loved it after. Like it was just a very valuable experience. And some people can do that through developmental editing. It costs a lot of money. And so I paid for a beta reader instead. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think what you said about like learning as you go is a good thing because we're talking to golden angel and she was like, you know, I've been writing 10 years. Like don't compare yourself to the people who already know what they're doing. Like start where you're at, learn, look for stuff, try again, keep on writing. And you know, you'll, you'll get there. Cause it's not like we like magically know everything about everything. That doesn't make any sense. So have you, I know you said originally you were in engineering, you finished, you did your internship and you were hoping that you could like eventually start to not do your job. Have you reached that point yet? Or are you, are you? I, I did. Um, it was very interesting because I did like a, where I, I finally went out and got like a temp job because uh, I interviewed for a while for engineering and engineering interviews are, they're another thing uh, entirely. And so I, I eventually got like a temp job where I was like, okay, like I am preparing to release Stocked by the Kraken, which was my first monster romance. And it was tentacles. And I was super excited for it. It was the most pre-orders I had to that point. People on TikTok were super excited for it. And then I was like, okay, but I need funds uh, for like paying editors and stuff like that. So I went and the way this place were, was, was uh, they hired temp workers that they would eventually like they'd have a contract for. And then, like, if they like you, they would want you to stay as, like, an actual employee of the company. And it was it was not the greatest fit. Like I said about the, where you really like learning about something, but you don't like actually maybe doing it. And it wasn't necessarily, like, engineering, engineering. But uh, I was like, well, this isn't going the way I wanted it to. I am bored on my mind. And maybe I should go and just work as a graphic designer. Because I know I can get paid more than what I'm actually getting paid now to do what I used to do anyway. And then I know what I'm getting in for. I, I went through like pro-con list. Uh, luckily, my book came out. It started doing really well. Uh, I stayed at that company for like a month and got enough to pay for an audiobook or a ro- royalty share audiobook mm-hmm. where you pay the narrator half up front and then you split the sh- royalty. Then like talk to my husband and I'm like, okay, I have this Excel sheet and it is titled, when do I get to quit my job? And it would be like, oh, like I have, like I get this paid this much Uh, at this time to this pay period. This means that this is how much I have in my account. And he laughed and it was, it was a good time. And I was like, yeah, that means I can technically quit my job right now. And I did. (laughs) Because awesome. he was like, yeah, yeah, like I, he definitely saw it more as like you're gonna be happier if you do writing. So like my first, like when I jumped off the cliff of not wanting to work in engineering and wanting to do writing full time, it wasn't necessarily because I was financially like super solid. Um, he was luckily able to take a lot of the uh, payments that I would be like. He took over like contributing the payments and stuff like that because I had been school in school for so long. We were kind of like, oh, it's okay if you make like this much amount. All of those uh, fun conversations to have about money. And he's like, but 
if you do this, you'll be happy. So it makes sense. And luckily it paid off for both of us where uh, like the books made money. Uh, I was able to start working on other books that then made money as well. And I started or really gaining an audience that was in monster romance and really getting seen by people who read monster romance. And then Gargoyles came out and it was like, yes, this was a really, really good move. Like the, my book received yeah. by the Gargoyles, uh-huh. like gotten the top 500 and I think top, I'd have to go back to look. I was like mind blown. So I was over the moon and yeah, it, it worked out and I'm glad it worked out. And it's still very early in the process, but I keep hoping it works out. Yeah. I I think that in general, our society like teaches us uh, that we should always be like achieving more, achieving more, getting the next job, getting the promotions, et cetera. And I feel like I'm seeing, especially after COVID, a shift of people being like, wait, but shouldn't I just be like happy and like content? Like, shouldn't I just be like, it's okay to just like, like your life and not try to like be the CEO or whatever. And I think the fact that you recognize like, Hey, I know I studied hard for this, but it's not working. And then also your, you know, partner being like, hey, I know you studied hard for that, but I think you're right. It's not working for you. And I'd rather that you be happy and do something that you like. And, you know, you can also turn into a career. I think that that is so awesome. A, that you guys did that and that you like figured it out, but also, you know, as a good example to other people, because there's, there's, I mean, what's the point of like earning tons and tons of money if you're super unhappy with your life or, you know, like what's the what's the benefit? There's really not any benefit to that. Yeah, it was definitely like you you feel like there was a lot of guilt kind of to yeah. work through that because I had been, been going to school for so long because I had been part-time for a while uh, to do like, so I'd work part-time, do school part-time. So I was just in this process of like surviving and like struggling and striving for a long time where the understanding was that I would be able to make big money as soon as I was out of school and uh, help contribute to the finances. But like, so it was definitely like a feeling of guilt of, oh no, how, how am I going to contribute if I don't like take an engineering job? And like a lot of authors will say like, there are easier ways to make money and there are. So I, I was like, oh, sh- shouldn't I just take the easy way to make money? Cause then, you know, you're going to get paid at certain times and all, all of those good things that we're told that like we need. Yeah. It, it's a whole process to go through. Like, what do you need? What can you do without what, what is your life like and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, like <clears throat> I, I, as much as I love escapism reading, I can tell <laughs> in my own life, as soon as I'm like, oh, I've read 25 books like this month. Like, I'm like, hmm, what's going on in my life this month that I decided I'm not going to talk to anyone else. All I'm going to do is read. Partly it's this podcast and it's my excuse uh, to read more books. Uh, but partly I know I can like tell myself when I'm like too deep in it and I can't get out that I'm like, Oh, I'm doing this. Cause I'm, I'm running away from some feelings and I need to maybe a, a like approach them, see what, see what's going on. Yeah. What's beneath the curtain. Like it, it's 
it is interesting to just like backtrack on those where, where I said like, oh, like obviously I was burned out uh, from that very first moment. And instead I decided to just go back to school because I thought that that was going to be the answer. And like for a while it did, it worked out. But like sit, being able to just sit down and being like, oh, I feel these things. Um, and what am I going to do about it? <laughs> Do you find, I just came to me, do you find that it helps you work out things in your own life when you're helping your characters work something out? Because I feel like when I read, sometimes I'll read something and like a character will clearly not just be like saying, and I'll just say, just fucking say it, just fucking tell them how you feel. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like in a fight with my husband for something stupid. Like, and then I go out and I'm like, hey, I'm mad at you because of this. And he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't know that. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I'm not mad anymore. You're not mad. Okay, great. Do you ever find that when you're writing? I mean, not, not as much. Like when I'm reading, yes. When I am reading, I am reading like at a volume where like maybe things are applicable and like it just clicks. Uh, but when I'm writing, it's just like it's this very specific type of conflict that's happening. Uh, what I do see or notice is like when I'm in interjecting the things that make us feel those warm fuzzies, those those things that I can point to to being like, oh. This is what's going to make people really happy about this. Like we, we all came from the nodding, but I might be able to make someone cry for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I we all, we all stay that. for them making her her own room with all her favorite yes. things. In it. Like that's like, why we the stay. Giving and like mm-hmm. uh, that, that idea of found family of like being like having to look up from the computer when I'm writing this thing about searching for a family and being like, Oh, when is the last time I called my family and being, and having to reflect on that? Like she's looking like my character is looking for this. Mm -hmm. I have like this very supportive family, like and making sure that you make the time to talk to them and be Mm -hmm. able to be like, Oh, like what is my sister up to? What's my brother up to? Um, make uh check in on my parents and because they're going on their rv adventures so I, oh, I get, fun. It's, it's so fun i i really like it and just like making sure to be like oh because i'm such an introvert and i'm always at home and i'm always like very like tunneled and focused to either writing or reading or taking care of my cat <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's just like this this idea, like, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. But when I write about it, and when I'm like, these are the people I appreciate the most. And just having to be like, oh, have I, like, have I told them that? Have I expressed that? Like, do they know this? Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that that is something I recognize when I write. That, what a lovely thing to also get. <laughs> This is, you know what? I thought we were going to have fun talking about some weird gargoyle peens, but this has been such a lovely interview. I mean, those gargoyle peens, though, they, they are. They, they I'm are just saying. Else. Also, they have, like, wings and tails. Yes. The three-man-style <sighs> tail. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they're excellent. <laughs> so, like, one other thing I also think is really fun about multiple partner books is when you get to have as like be as like a voyeur with one of the characters watching the other characters either kiss or have sex or having one of the characters kind of direct the other characters. Like, I think that that's like one of the most fun for me, at least 
moments because I feel like I get to be in it with them where they're like spying on their own, you know, like partnership. How did you like deal with that? Because there was a lot of that, like where they got to like be a little spicy on the side while the other people were interacting during the scene with gargoyles. I think it's just like, it's always a logistics question of um, what, how many people, people can you fit doing? in one bed? Yeah. You're just like, oh, oh, these people are doing this, but that leaves two other people. What are they doing? Like when, when they be doing something, they're not just sitting there with their hands, yeah. their hands in there, they folded, they, they folded their hands in their lap and they're just sitting there all polite. Like they're not, but just they can hear, that. hear the other people. Yeah. <laughs> So they also must be doing something and they have each other there and they're in that type of relationship. So they should be doing something. Mm -hmm. And then of course, those characters will recognize that those characters are doing something and it just makes it better because it's like, ah, we're just all feeding back on each other. Yeah. But it is definitely like a logistics thing of, oh, her body's like this, this body, his body's like that. And they're like, there are two other people in this bed. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk quickly about how uh, Katie Roberts said that she loved Stalked by the Kraken. Were you dying of excitement? I was dying of excitement. Like, you know, those times that you take a chance and you really, like, you really uh, strive to, like, hit, like, because I messaged her about it. And I, I realized that we were TikTok mutuals, and I was like, oh, but I'm such a fangirl. I'm such a fangirl. Can I do this? Can can I? Oh, no. And so I, I kind of like just a very concise little pitch of like, hey, this book has cozy stocking and uh, consensual tentacles. And I think you'll really like it. Let me know if you ever want me to send you a copy. And she's like, oh, yeah, that, that sounds great. I'll check it out sometime. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then to like just later have her do a TikTok where she's like, ma'am ma'am this message is for Lillian like and I just died I died <laughs> like just like a lot of times my mom will be like ma'am because everyone <laughs> in my family saw this video and thought it was hilarious I and she was like low-key scandalized but loving it I I think it's great too because so we interviewed her on the podcast and same thing I had read one of her books I read your dad will do and I was like this book hit so hard and so I messaged her and I was like I'm in love with you I'm in love with this book like we want you to come on the podcast we had the best time talking and she was talking about how she was gonna this was before she wrote the dragon's bride she was like thinking about a monster romance because she had been searching for monster romances that like embraced the monster part of it and had like you said tentacles or like something going on so i'm very happy for you that she found you because like i can only imagine like her, her being like this book this book because i mean who doesn't want like their favorite author or their favorite creator to be like, wait, I read what you created and I loved it too. That's exciting. Yeah, Plus her was, books are hot. So oh, hot. Yeah. Her books are hot. It was definitely just this moment because uh, when I was uh, making my marketing plan of being like, Oh, I, I can, how can I make money uh, writing these kinky books? I was like, Oh, Katie Robert does it. How does Katie Robert do it? I love Katie Robert's books. <laughs> And so like, it was definitely like, oh, like I, I can do things and do yeah. someone that I that I still do uh, look up to. Um, and to have her just be like, oh, this book, I just died. I died. So 
Well, no she was totally right. The book is great. And we are so excited for you and so excited that you came on to talk to me. Sorry that Shani wasn't here. She had a dental uh, dental situation, so she could not come today. She's still a little puffy from her dentist visit. But this has been a blast. I am excited about your next book that's coming out in June. Is that right? Did I make June up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, in June. June. Yeah, June. End of June. <laughs> End of June. And I want everyone to read it. Everyone, you should definitely read Deceived by Gargoyles. Patrons, be on the lookout because my review is about to go up on patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance. And also, I will probably, let's be honest, be reading your entire catalog because that's just who I am. And also telling everyone about that. Okay. <laughs> May your books be your lover. And your hand your best friend. Yowzas! Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.